0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Peak A-League Podcast. I'm your host, Gerald, and this is a very late episode. It's currently about 8 o'clock Wednesday night. Uh, time just got away from me this week. It was meant to be done Monday night, and then I was like, I'll do it Tuesday morning, and then I was going to do it this morning before I went to uni, and I just I just woke up late, if I'm being completely honest. But um, it's a good way to start the episode because we've got a number of Peak A-League moments this weekend. I asked you guys on Twitter, and there was just a lot of responses so much so that, uh, to the fact that I'm probably not even going to award one winner this weekend. It's up to you to decide what was the best. We'll start off on a positive note, though, um, and change that peak A-League uh, meaning a little bit. Sydney Derby was on Saturday. It had 14,000 fans, which in one breath, you can look at it and go, well, five years ago, there was 60,000 people rocking up to the fixture. But on the other hand, Sydney and the Wanderers have both been getting three, 4,000 people at their games the last few weeks. So it's good to see that they're still... A decent amount of people interested in getting down to the football. 80,000 people watching on at home on Channel 10. So it's not the worst. Uh, And the RBB was out in full numbers. There's a video of them uh, that was sent in of them uh, doing some chants outside of the stadium. They packed out their bays. It looked really good. So positive note, that was pretty peak for this weekend. Though there was a bit more uh, to come. There was a pitch invader in the Melbourne City game. Uh, and they basically slipped and didn't get over the ad board. Pretty hilarious. Um, during an A-League women's match this weekend, they had a moment of silence for uh, the Ukraine invasion and they uh, Paramount went to an ad break. So they said, fine, we'll get rid of the drinks breaks, but uh, you want to try and you know show a bit of solidarity for some basically terrorism. We're cutting to an ad break for Harvey Norman or whatever they're showing these days on Paramount. Um, <laughs> there was an instance of the Cove throwing a number of bottles onto the pitch at Combat Stadium on Saturday, and all this really did was stop their own team from taking a corner uh, when they were down two goals. So very strange. But the biggest thing as well, to be honest, what I would personally be giving peak of the week because it's just so A-League was uh, in Ballarat on Saturday afternoon. I didn't actually make the trek out to this game. I was not feeling it. But um, the net was ripped, which it was the side netting. I don't see how it really affects the game whatsoever, but we had to pause and wait. It was just the start of the second half for them to go and fix it up. And the guy brings out some masking tape, which I just don't think is going to stick to the, the net, but uh, sort of fixed the little hole at the bottom. But the big main gaping hole, the reason they stopped the play, he just left alone and then they just played on and it didn't affect the game at all. Like it probably, everyone thought it wouldn't. So, Something about A-League and, and the goals. Maybe we're not getting very good nets and good goal frames. There seems to always be an issue uh, with them. And there's one more big moment. Uh, actually, there's one tweet here that says the entirety of Daniel Sturridge's contract is peak A-League. Um, not in particular this weekend, I suppose, but I think it's highlighted by the fact that Perth are finally back in Perth, and he's just still has he still hasn't started, still hasn't scored a goal, or even really come close to scoring a goal. And we're more than halfway through the season. What a fail of a move, seriously. But the other thing as well, the Wellington and Melbourne City game was set for 4.05 on Sunday and then got pushed back to 5.05. And then at about 4.30, it just got canned altogether. Um, And because it's the first time it was um, postponed because an airplane had flown over the top, but then it ended up getting postponed for weather. So very strange. Uh, It was a big, weird weekend in the A-League, but that is all the peak of the week. We'll get back to the actual football itself. It starts all the way back on Wednesday. Now I'm going to rock through these games pretty quickly, because I'm sure you're all well aware of the results, but City 2-0 up after goals from Berenguer and Lecky against Perth Glory, and they let two in from Fornaroli and Timmons. Fornaroli always scores against City nowadays, it's very, it's quite funny, but 2 all draw there, a good result for Perth uh, and City, again, that's their 13th, or 12th and 13th points dropped from winning positions this season, um, they've I think nine of those have come from against Adelaide, so or maybe seven of them or something like that. Friday night, victory. I tipped against them, but they proved themselves. A 3-1 win against MacArthur, um, and that was just a late consolation goal for Giannu as well. Rojas got on the score sheet for the first time in a while. There was a brace for D'Agostino, a quality win for Melbourne Victory. D'Agostino uh, scored tonight as well, looking very good at the moment. Uh, went to Mars Stadium, a 2-1 win for Western United over the Newcastle Jets. Two goals for Leo Lacroix, not hurting his Johnny Warren claims whatsoever with the brace in that game. It was very, very good. Newcastle scored with about 10 minutes to go and then they looked really dangerous for the rest of the game and almost equalised, but Western United got the three points. The Mariners beat Brisbane 2-1 at home. Um, so yeah, a nice free kick. And Kulo scored again. Lescano pulled on back from Brisbane, but it wasn't enough for the current wooden spoon holders. And then in the Sydney derby it was 2-0 to Western Sydney. Mark Rudan against his the, you know, side he won the A-League with as a player. Uh, a penalty for Tomohamed and then a great header from Backus who was wearing the armband. A pretty inspiring performance. Um, on Sunday, we just had the one game. Perth one, Adelaide two. Now, I spoke last week and I, I said, I think Perth, realistically, with the double game they had last week, I, I wanted them to get four points for me to be convinced that they could still have you know a bit of life in this season. And they started well by getting the point against Melbourne City on Wednesday. And I really thought they'd go in here and back it up with a win, but they uh, they let themselves down big time. Goes, goals for Ibisuki, who's, I think, got four now in not not many games, maybe six or seven. He got onto the score sheet, as did Motore, and there was a late penalty for Bruno Fornaroli. But Adelaide walked away with all three points. Then today, I didn't get time, uh, obviously, to do this before. It was the Mariners, one, victory, one. So another goal for D'Agostino, uh, another goal for Nicolai Muller. So two and two for him, and... Uh, it seemed, uh, from what I've heard and, and the clip that I saw, I do agree. It looked like the Mariners should have gotten a red card. It wasn't given. That was in the first half, and uh, they go on to equalise. So, a bit of a contentious call, maybe. I don't know. I, I probably would have given it personally. At the moment, as things stand, Melbourne City's up 2 1 at half time. Um, a late goal for Berengue after they, they went down 1 0, actually. Then they got an own goal. Berengo scored another, so from here on now, it's kind of pointless now, but I'm going to tip 3-1 to Melbourne City, Uh, I think they'll just uh, keep on winning that one and and edge themselves a bit further in front on goal difference on top of the table, Wellington and Newcastle, it's 5 minutes in, I'm going to say Wellington to win this one 2-0, the Jets looked okay on Saturday, looked a little bit dangerous, Wellington missed out, on playing on Sunday. So they're probably that extra bit fresh. I think they'll do just fine. Uh, And that game is being played in Gosford, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, a bit odd, but that's the theme of the season Um, as we roll on to then the weekend's game. So there's no football on Friday, which is a little bit weird because we've got four on Saturday there was a lot of cancellations this is sort of the reason I'm glad at least that I didn't do the episode earlier because the Melbourne derby set for this Saturday has been rescheduled Western United and Sydney were set for Friday that's been postponed um, with no uh, set date just yet so the first game of the round actually let's just touch on that quickly Uh, Melbourne City fans acted like the world had fallen over when this game got cancelled so essentially they were supposed to play Melbourne Victory this Saturday. They were supposed to play Western United next Saturday. It's just been swapped around. And uh, th- these City fans on Twitter were inconsolable to be completely honest. They couldn't believe it. They said the league's trying to kill them. They're ruining them. Victory should give up the three points because it's their fault for having the Champions League game. And uh, it, Ridiculous. Like seriously, <laughs> they've... I don't know. That's crazy. They, To be fair, they do have to play all their games by April 9, and they've still got nine to go after tonight. So it's going to be a, a big month for them, but this you know, this has no impact on it whatsoever. Um, so the first game of this weekend, then, is Western United and Melbourne City. This game is huge. Uh, all things um, considered, if Melbourne City go on to continue winning this game they're, uh, that they're playing at the moment, they'll be on 32 points. As a Western United, City have played 17. Western United have played 15. So if Western United win this game, they'll be three points ahead of City with two games in hand. I I honestly think this could be it. I think if Western United get three points here, I'd be willing to put some money on them to win the Premier's played. If they lose, it's a wide-open race because then really they're you know, they've two games in hand, three points behind City. So they could be three up, they could be, you know, level or three down. So anything could happen. But if Western get the jump here and they've won their last three against City, they've won both of them this season. Well, I think City are in some real trouble. I think Western United could storm away with the Premier's play. You know, City have got a really, um, like jammed up fixture the next month. They're going to be having to rest players. So this game is huge. And, uh, yeah, City need to find a result. But I'm gonna tip Western United 1-0. They've done it to them twice this season. I think they'll do it again. Um slightly worried by the attacking quality that City has, but uh I think you know, this it's the best defence in the league at the moment, Western United, and I think they'll get the job done. Also in that five oh five, bit of an awkward time slot. It's Brisbane Roar taking on Wellington. Uh Wellington playing tonight, as I said. I think they'll win this one 1-0. As well, to be honest, Brisbane, are dead. Their season is is in turmoil at this point after uh, another loss last week. I'm really worried about them. Uh, and, and Warren Moon would would start to, you know, having to having to be a little bit worried about his job security at this point because he's not delivered after they were a finals team last year, a home finals team. I think they finished fourth, and and they're just looking nowhere near it this season. Uh, one nil to Wellington there. Saturday night, Perth, again in Perth, which is exciting for them. They play Sydney FC. This is a big game. Oh, this is a massive game. Sydney, we're going to be having to play Western United. They're throwing a bit of a lifeline. I think Perth's a bit easier. Um, they come off a 5-0 win in their Champions League preliminary game last night, which puts them straight through to the group stage. Um, so they'll be on a bit of a high. They don't have Alves Camp sober. Whether that's good or bad, I don't know. But um, 2-0 loss in the derby on Saturday. They've got to be a bit angry. And... As things stand, you know if Wellington win tonight, they'll be out of the top six, playing three more games than Wellington, one more than Macarthur, two more than Victory, and and behind on points. So this game becomes an absolute must win. If Sydney lose this one, they're not playing finals. I already either way, I think they're really in a struggle. To be honest, I'm tipping them to miss at the moment. Um, if they, I don't know, but if they lose this, you can almost lock it in. They're just they're not looking good. I don't know how much longer Steve Corrick has got. Uh, in the job, this team's aging, they're they're lacking a quality defender, to be honest, it's not all their fault, they haven't gotten what they expected out of Donerke, Warland's not really up for it, they've lost Joel King, and they haven't really recovered from that, Um, they need Michael Zullo to to come out from the woodworks, whatever he's doing at the moment, he must be injured, because um, otherwise he'd have to be in the team, but I'm going to go a one-all draw here, I don't think Perth are good enough, but uh, I really don't think Sydney are either at the moment, so it's a bit of a bit of a, yeah, a spoon a spoon battle type game, although I'm sure Sydney won't finish that low, but uh, the other Saturday night game is MacArthur and the Wanderers, this will be a really good game, um, the Wanderers are coming in off a 2-0 win, a derby, they'll be excited, they'll be pumped up, and they're just going across to Campbelltown for this game, MacArthur on the other hand, they're coming off a loss to victory, before that they drew to uh, the Jets I believe it was, and they sort of Threw that game away a bit, so they're not in the best of form either. And a team that was sort of being looked at as the third option to maybe take the plate along with Western United and Melbourne City, uh, they've fallen off the pace again. They've been really patchy lately. So I'm gonna tip a one or draw here as well. Not to be boring, but I just think, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a it's gonna be a hard one for uh, the Bulls, and and hopefully the Wanderers bring a big away crowd. Surely after the derby, all those fans want to come along again after seeing a win, but we'll see. Uh, moving on to Sunday. We've got a Sunday night 715 game. It's the only one for the round. It's Adelaide taking on the Jets. or oh, sorry, for the day. Um Adelaide taking on the Jets. So uh Adelaide doesn't hasn't played since Sunday. The Jets are playing like right now, as I said. Um So this is a hard one. I think because it's in Adelaide, I'm gonna tip United to get the win here. They are currently third on the table. They played a couple more games in victory and they're only two points ahead, but Uh, they win this, they're going to start to be be looking pretty good. So uh, I'm going to tip them 2-1 to win that game. They always seem to get it done at home. I don't know how good the home record actually is. I just feel like you can always back them. Um, The game on Tuesday, it's 10.05 p.m. for us in Melbourne and Sydney and all of that uh, because it's in Perth. (laughs) We haven't had one of these really late kickoffs for a while, but uh, we'll have to get used to them again. Um, But it's Perth taking on the Central Coast. Mariners... Uh, I'm gonna tip Perth here. This will be their third game in a row in front of the home crowd. I don't know how many they're gonna get it Tuesday night, but hopefully still a decent turnout. Um, a little bit disappointing. I think they only got six or seven thousand at their opening game on Sunday. I would have expected more, closer to sort of ten thousand, but I think they are capped at fifty percent as well. But uh, hopefully it's at least another decent crowd of upwards of five thousand. I back Perth in here two nil. Um, to beat the Mariners in this one, I, I rate the Mariners, but I well, I sort of do, I, I do and I don't, I don't know, I don't think they'll play finals, but uh, yeah, Perth have got a bit more to play for, they really do need a win, um, that will be it for the games, I think, there's a Wednesday game next week between Adelaide and the Wanderers, but you have to wait till next week's episode to hear uh, who I think's going to win that one, um, but yeah, I, I, I think, again, I've sort of been saying it every week, but now the league's really starting to take shape. Melbourne City and West United, you can lock them in for finals. Um, outside of that, I think Adelaide and Victory, I'm almost ready to sort of lock in as well. But aside from that, MacArthur, I'm pretty confident. Wellington, Sydney, the Jets, the Mariners, even the Wanderers, they're all still a chance, sort of. And Um, Perth and Brisbane, I'm happy to ride off. Although they are only like, like Perth's a game behind the Wanderers and the Mariners and they're three points behind them. So technically they're level, but I just, I don't see it coming from Perth. Whereas I could, I could still see 10 teams making the finals here. Um, I don't think Sydney will. That's my big call that Sydney will miss. It's not absolutely crazy and outlandish because I think a lot of people can see that they're starting to fall off their perch this season. But, um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting um, this weekend. I can't wait for the game between Western United and Melbourne City. Um, 5.05 is a little bit annoying. I would have preferred a Saturday night, but it is what it is. Western United are giving out a few free tickets. They want to get a bigger crowd, you know, as big of a crowd as possible to this game. I, I think it won't get touched more than six or 7,000, but um, yeah, I'm super excited. I think the club's going to put a bar tab for us at the pregame as well, which is just brilliant. So that should be good. Uh, a bit of news in the Western United camp today as well the council has approved the plan the development plan uh, and everything will start going ahead for the precinct like the training uh, pitches as well as a 5,000 seat stadium well to be fair I don't know if it's a 5,000 capacity or if it's a 5,000 grandstand because originally I think they said it was going to be a 5,000 seated grandstand but it may actually just be a grandstand and the whole place holds 5,000 it's it's a bit of a murky thing. To be fair, it's only one grandstand. So it'd be a bit weird if it held 5,000 because it would sort of need to be as big as the ones in the stadium or even bigger because obviously the, the stadium only holds 15. So either way, uh, it's, it's expected to be built by, I think, May or maybe it said mid-2023, um, which means that by the sort of the end of next season, or the, so the start of the 23-24 season, so Western United's fifth season, they could be hosting games in the city of Wyndham in the western suburbs of Melbourne, which would be brilliant. Um, it's not the whole the the big pitch because that, uh, plan needs to be ticked off by the Victorian government. It's not a council thing because it's it's so much more expensive and all of that. But um, I I think to be honest, as long as they you know, I'm sure they could set up the right facilities and all that stuff. And from the best of my knowledge, the club is happy to play some games there. Uh, they you know last year we were told like oh you know we'll play like our Games against like lesser opponents like you know Wellington and that sort of thing there, but it's like the only clubs that are really going to draw more than five thousand uh, at the moment are like Melbourne City and Melbourne Victory, and uh, all the others like even if you're going to get four or five thousand, say that the crowds go back up a little bit, they get five thousand against Adelaide. Why not have a packed out local suburban area ground at the new stadium area? Um, but then sending us out to Geelong or Ballarat or Amy Park where it's going to look like a ghost town because even if you get 5,000 in there, it's, you know, it's 20% full. I, I think as soon as this place is built, just get Western United in there and start playing the games. It's, it's, if it's going to be good enough for A-League women's, why is it not good enough for A-League men's? They broadcast it on the same platform, they use the same cameras. It's crazy. So I really, really hope that we see some football there in a year. To be honest, it's not that far away. That's fourteen months from now. Um, the stadium was apparently supposed to take eighteen months, so I do believe that this could then be built in, you know, fourteen months because it's a much smaller little thing. Who knows when the real stadium is going to come across? But at least this is something to sort of be excited about. Um, and as I look at the moment, got a Fault mob notification. Uh, the Phoenix have gone one 0 up. This will probably go out around half time of that game. But um, so so far, predictions looking good. But that is all I've got for you guys for today. Slightly shorter episode. Um, but yeah, a lot happening at the moment. I'm really optimistic about this Western United stuff. It had been since September since we had an update. I was just talking to people about it the other day. I was like, it's been almost six months since we had a fan forum and they were telling us and they said good news is coming in the next few weeks. That's what we got told recently. And I suppose this is the good news. So um, yeah, it's better than nothing. Um going to be an exciting weekend of football once again even though there's no Melbourne Derby um, we've got the hashtag not a Derby so it's better than nothing Uh, enjoy it this weekend hopefully no more games get cancelled and I'll see you all next week